0: I think once they read the book and they really see the heart of it and how to do it actually properly, that they will see the fact that this is a sustainable way and actually a necessity for many people in the plant-based world. But I have heard a few people with good hearts still be like, they just don't get it because they're still like, well, you have to have all these carbs. Well, yeah, in sugar burning mode, you do need all the carbs. But if you shift your body metabolically, you actually don't need it. You don't need the kindling when you have a law to burn.
1: Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. Today we are talking to Dr. Will Cole and his new take on the ketogenic diet, As you may know, there's a little bit of controversy around this traditional ketogenic diet, especially for women, and that is why I am thrilled to have Dr. Cole shed light on the subject and talk about why his approach is designed to not only support women, but also decrease systemic inflammation, which let's be honest, we can all use a little bit of that. Now, as nutritional ketosis grows in popularity, known as the traditional ketogenic diet, there are key concerns for women, especially women 40 years and older. The research specifically points to concerns related to hormone function. For some women, stress levels can rise, also known as just us producing way too much cortisol, thyroid function can be compromised, and we can experience menstrual cycle irregularities. Now, some women can feel absolutely amazing, and I'm sure you've had friends and family members who tout the benefits of the ketogenic diet. However, other women can feel worse, suffering from mood issues, irritability, weight gain, and even metabolic inflammation. But before we jump into this very real conversation about the benefits of the ketotarian diet versus the traditional keto diet, and why Dr. Cole chose to focus on functional medicine as the way to treat his patients. I want to take a moment and invite you to reach out to me and let me know what you are loving so far about the Essentially You podcast. As you listen to this interview with Dr. Cole, we would love to hear about how this episode impacted you on your wellness journey. This is by far one of my favorite interviews to date because we uncover some important truths about diet Specifically, a diet that is sweeping the nation. Now, shedding truth on how to eat for your body is super important to me, and I wanna make sure that I'm touching upon topics that are relevant to you personally. Since we have started the podcast, I have received hundreds of emails and messages on social media from incredible women like you who are adopting the advice and recommendations shared inside of these episodes. I am beyond grateful and moved to hear from you. I love hearing from you. And I love being on this journey with you. Because let me tell you, we are in this together. Now, you can reach out to me. Specifically, it can be Instagram. It can be Facebook. But my Insta handle is at Marisa. That's D-R-M-A-R-I-Z-A. Or you can head on to my site at drmarisa.com slash podcast. Or you can even review this podcast on iTunes or whatever podcast platform that you plug into. That way, we can continue to share these episodes with more women who are really ready to become CEOs of their own health and they're just looking for a way to get the right information. So now that I said my piece and I would just love to hear from you. Let's now dive into this very real conversation about food, plant-based eating, and how functional medicine is changing the way that we treat patients today. But before we do that, I want to quickly sing Dr. Will Cole's praises. Now, Dr. Will Cole is a leading functional medical practitioner he specializes in clinically investigating underlying factors and customizes health programs for chronic conditions such as thyroid issues, autoimmunity, hormone dysfunction, and more. He consults locally in Pittsburgh as well over webcam and phone from around the world and around the nation. He is a health writer for Mind Body Green and lectures nationally. He is also the new author of the book, The Ketogenic Diet. Welcome to the show, Dr. Will Cole. I am so excited to have you on today.
0: Thanks so much for having me.
1: Well, I am so excited. We're going to be diving into a really awesome topic and really an area specifically tailored to your expertise, which is how to boost your energy, crash your cravings, and calm inflammation with a ketotarian diet. So before we dive into the meat of this conversation, I would love to learn a little bit more because I know we've connected on multiple occasions, but I personally don't know about your journey into functional medicine. So could you enlighten me a little bit on how you became the doctor you are today?
0: Yeah, thanks so much. It's a great place to start. So I grew up in the wellness world, I guess, and like my parents were interested in this sort of stuff and being healthy and taking care of yourself. So in the 80s and 90s, I was kind of doing weird stuff that (laughs) nobody in the 80s and 90s were doing.
1: So like when I was eating Pop-Tarts, you were not.
0: Yeah, I was like drinking some weird like soil mineral drink and like sprouted grain bread <laughs> grain stuff that like today it's like super fashionable. I don't know how fashionable it was to be super crunchy in the 80s and 90s. But I mean, I guess that was just, it was like a underground wellness world in that time, it wasn't as mainstream as it is now. But, you know, I did go through my rebellious preteen and teen years where I like sat on a Friday night eating my like Nutter Butter bars watching 2020 because I was really cool. (laughs) And (laughs) I went through that rebellious stage, but I always had that foundation, which as a parent now, I'm like, it's such a huge thing that like, even if your kids decide to do things later on, it's like, they'll fall back on the things they know to be true when, you know, later on in life. So it won't return void for sure. But basically I was always interested in wellness to some degree. And then I didn't know how it would really manifest, but I wanted to help people on a health level on a professional level on a clinical level so i had gone to southern california university of health sciences outside of los angeles and it was sort of this mecca of you know integrative there are doctors of chiropractic and medical doctors and naturopaths and acupuncture oriental medicine doctors all sort of at the same campus and i heard of a guy called datis karazian who even today is really one of the brilliant minds in functional medicine and he had gone to my school he was older than i was and i heard of this thing called functional medicine through him and i thought you know that sounds amazing it's like marrying the best of of western medicine which is labs and being evidence-based and the best of alternative health which is actually getting somebody healthy and not just covering the symptoms up with medications and it really this really cool fusion of both worlds And, you know, back then, I mean, this is 11 so years ago. I mean, there was no, I mean, today, the Cleveland Clinic has a functional medicine center. It's a lot more mainstream, a lot more people are more aware of it but a decade ago it was radical to say things like reversing diabetes and the fact that food can impact your health was still very radical in conventional medicine and in some pockets it probably still is but way less than it's ever been which is amazing that we're at this tipping point for really making a positive impact of really pushing wellness and letting it fuse into mainstream medicine
1: I love it. And that has really been what you've been practicing since you opened your practice. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, it was. It's been a strange journey and an amazing journey. That I look back, and it's not until you look back and like, wow, like this is some amazing like thing that I is bigger than I am. And now most of my patients, almost all of them, are in other states and countries. And I'm like sitting at the standing desk in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, talking to patients in Dubai and like obscure parts of the United States. And it's a really humbling experience to be on people's health journey around the country and around the world.
1: That's amazing. So, in terms of functional medicine, and I know there definitely is more of a spotlight on functional medicine today than absolutely that idea, you know, even a decade ago. And so, I wanted to know as you're in that standing desk in Pennsylvania, moving away from California, what are some of the most common concerns or conditions that you're able to support with functional medicine that maybe my listeners hadn't even considered or thought of?
0: Well, I, most of my patients are somewhere on this sort of inflammation spectrum, which maybe can be kind of obscure for somebody not in the wellness world. But they think, well, I'm not inflamed. Like I, they think of maybe like a swollen joint or something like that, which certainly that is inflammation. But inflammation is a lot more insidious and far reaching than just what we think of as far as inflammation goes. So most chronic health problems that we see today are, are inflammatory in nature. So anxiety, depression, brain fog, brain issues, those are all inflammatory in nature. nature. Gut issues can be inflammatory in nature. Hormonal problems like autoimmune thyroiditis, That's Hashimoto's disease, that's an autoimmune inflammation issue, and goes on and on and on. Most of the problems we see today are inflammatory in nature, and maybe that's just making people growing their awareness of, wow, I'm feeling this way, I'm feeling having these symptoms, and I'm settling for it, but why? What your body's giving you a a message of something not being addressed, and something not right, and something that needs to be addressed. So, I would say, in general, most of my patients are somewhere on this inflammation spectrum, somewhere on this autoimmune inflammation spectrum, where they may not be able to have a full blown autoimmune disease, although certainly, I mean, many of them do, but they're having what we call autoimmune reactivity, where they're having symptoms, they don't feel well, but they're not necessarily bad enough to be labeled with an ICD-10, a diagnosis code, but they're still really struggling and their quality of life's in the gutter and their doctor says, well, you're just depressed, You know, here's an antidepressant or, well, you're in pain, here's a pain medication and this sort of medicinal matching game, rather than getting to the root cause of why they're struggling with these health issues.
1: Yeah. Well, and would you be, I know you probably are seeing a lot of patients at this moment. I know how busy you are in terms of your patient load. Is there a patient example that you would love to give and share that really has reaped the benefits of, of your functional medicine treatment or you're being able to support them?
0: Yeah. I mean, I really, I mean, I'm not saying this flippantly. I mean, there are so many stories and we've actually through patients journey, which I really take That responsibility very seriously and the sacredness of it very seriously. But some of them are kind enough to want to say, hey, I want to give some hope to people that maybe that were in my shoes a year ago. And they share their story on our website at drwillcole.com. But the one that comes to mind is a patient that was a mom of five or six kids, and she came in with a cane. She could barely walk. She had MS symptoms, which is an autoimmune condition, uh, neurological autoimmunity. So she could barely walk. She had a limp, and she was on a lot of pain, a lot of brain fog, a lot, a lot of fatigue, a very extreme case. And she was with UnderCare, Active Care, for about a year. So we've done, we were doing checkups around that time. You know, every couple of months we were retesting and subjectively kind of monitoring her improvements. And then over the course of that year she regained her function back she was able to walk without a cane she wasn't in the pain anymore she got her energy back her digestion improved she had this kind of really uh, aggressive bloating and she had uh, something called small intestinal bacterial overgrowth or SIBO and she was only eating like rice and bone broth when she met us and now she was able to eat all these different foods she had sort of food freedom as she heals her gut and overcome came this these autoimmune reactivity issues and the, the, the point of why I'm bringing her up with something that she said. She said, I was planning a funeral when I met you. I was planning a funeral, like what I would do with my kids if I died. She said, now I'm planning a vacation with my family. And that to me just says so much of the impact that wellness and health can have on one's life. And one of the words that I hear the most is when I ask them at the beginning of the journey, I say, what do you miss the most since you've been going through your health problem? And the word is almost always freedom. It can, I don't have the energy to do the things I want to do. I don't have, I don't even have the resources to do the things that I want to do because I'm paying for my health problem instead of paying for the things you want to actually spend it on which isn't your health problem and just having the freedom to live the life you want to live and having the energy to do it that inexplicable quality of freedom is one that sadly we don't many times as humans appreciate until it's leaving or gone but you appreciate it i mean our, our patients appreciate it so much when they start regaining it cuz they just have this this value of what was once lost is now regained it's a powerful powerful journey
1: it is, and that's such a profound story I, I definitely I think so many of us can like well, not that we have friends and family that have m s but we know how serious of a neurological degenerative disease that is, and so I so appreciate that you shared that story and it is so powerful that concept of wanting freedom and how much we lose that freedom when we are sick, when we are not functioning properly, so I'm you know I' not only do I want the functional medicine concept to be out in the world. I'm just so grateful that you're doing this work today and we will continue to do this.
0: Yes. I mean, it's really um, an honor, a humbling honor to be a part of people's health journey. But yeah, thanks so much for getting the word out about functional medicine and all that we're doing.
1: Well, let's, I'm going to pivot just a little bit because I know functional medicine does incorporate a lot of aspects of of wellness. And one of the things that I wanted to focus on today is an area of focus that that you I've read articles, you know, that you've presented, and that's really around nutrition. And I know a very specific area of nutrition that you've been researching a lot is the ketogenic diet. And so I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about the ketogenic diet, and then really, would I would love to focus because I know my audience is mostly women, and I have a feeling. Dr. Will Cole, how many of your patients are women as well?
0: Almost all of them.
1: Almost all of them. I had a feeling. Okay. And so specifically, what are some of the ketogenic benefits for women? And then are there any concerns that we should be aware of for women as well? So I know that's a lot of information, a lot of questions, but I figured I knew you could handle all of that.
0: Yeah so a ketogenic diet which i'm sure all of your listeners you know they've been hearing about it maybe kind of dabbling and learning about it but for those of you who do not know it is a high fat high healthy fat moderate protein and lower carbohydrate diet. So it's not like Atkins in the sense of they weren't really being specific with their fats, the proteins and carbs, they just were being low carb. And just because you're low carb doesn't mean you're a ketogenic diet. So specifically, what we're trying to do with a ketogenic diet is push the body from being a sugar burner, to a fat burner so our metabolism has two different options or two different ways to burn fuel but to burn energy either sugar or fat and based on the foods that we eat it kind of instructs our body what the primary source of that fuel is going to be and the sugar burning mode which most people are on even healthier people even people in the wellness world even people that eat clean and eat gluten-free and eat paleo they can still be in the sugar burning mode and there's different varying degrees of being a better sugar burner or a worse sugar burner, but they're all sugar burning sort of metabolism states. So what that does for people in this state is that they're highs and lows. They're on this sort of blood sugar roller coaster. They're needing to fuel up often because it's a short-lived fuel. It's like kindling on a fire. It'll light up for a moment and then it will die down. So you have to constantly put kindling on that fire to keep that fire ablaze. And it's it's sort of a dirty fuel as well. It's sort of that sort of gasoline uh, diesel fuel where it's that, that diesel truck or that tractor-trailer truck that's burning tons of smog in the air. And that's what sugar burning to varying degrees is going to do as well, because it's going to fuel inflammation, which we talked a moment ago, how most problems that we see today are inflammatory in nature. That's what sugar burning mode will be. And that's not just sugar. That's also the foods that turn into sugar so that's going to be grains even the whole grains and it's going to be maple syrup and honey all these real food sweeteners are going to break down into sugar and fruits obviously and fruit juices and all of these things granola bars and snacks and things even the healthy versions of that will break down into sugar to varying degrees and this creates this perpetuates the sort of sugar burning mode which is that kindling and can be a dirty fuel for people, and it's not sustainable. But a ketogenic diet is kind of shifting the body metabolically from being a sugar burner to a fat burner, both the fat on our bodies and the fat that we eat. It's sort of this big log on the fire. It's a slow burning, sustainable fuel that's going to burn for a long amount of time before you have to put another log on the fire. So it's a more sustainable way. It's what our ancestors would have been in lots of their life, because it is our body's way of adapting to this sort of slow-burning source of the fuel. So uh, ketones, and why we where we get the name ketogenic, it's, it's getting the body to produce ketone bodies, or these molecules that are formed in the absence of all that sugar. So you're not getting your calories and your food in the forms of sugar, you're kind of minimizing that, and you're eating a lot of healthy fats, which stimulates your body to produce ketones, which are uh, the fuel source. And the main ketone is called beta hydroxybutyrate or BHB. And there's a few other ketones as well. But the main one that we're measuring is beta hydroxybutyrate. And beta hydroxybutyrate, there's so much cool research in the scientific community, kind of looking at the impact that beta hydroxybutyrate can have on our metabolism. It can pass through cell membranes and kind of fuel our cell for cellular energy it improves uh, something called mitochondrial bio- biogenesis which actually makes new mitochondria for more cellular energy and cellular repair it can pass through the blood-brain barrier and be a fuel for the brain so it's great for cognitive function and decreasing brain fog and decreasing anxiety and depression and beta hydroxybutyrate is also is considered sort of an epigenetic modulator which is sort of a fancy way of saying it does cool things to our biochemistry beyond energy, it's uh, drives inflammation levels down. So it's a potent anti-inflammatory, which I mean, there's just so many far reaching, awesome, cool health benefits that ketones have. So that's the ketogenic diet and that's where a lot of the studies that were done on it. But I would say a ketogenic diet, like anything can be done in not an optimal way. So because it's high fat, moderate protein, low-carb, a lot of people in the conventional ketogenic world can, with good intentions, kind of focus on any old food as long as it hits the macros of being high-fat, low-carb. Uh, so that involves them maybe eating tons of dairy just because it's high fat, and maybe they're at dairy sensitivities, but they have to do it because they have to hit their macros, their high fat, low carb. Or maybe they aren't eating lots of vegetables because vegetables have carbohydrates. That's what vegetables have. And maybe they're avoiding them because they, they wanna keep their carbs low. Or um, maybe they're having tons of artificial sweeteners because it's low carb, which isn't good for our gut, our metabolism. So with good intentions, things can go wrong. So it's one of those things that I really spent my last couple of years, both clinically and my writing as well, to really come up with a solution for a sustainable, real foods way to do the ketogenic diet. And that's when I uh, created Ketotarian, which is a plant-based ketogenic approach to get all the cool benefits of a ketogenic diet, but also have a great sort of alchemy with the plant-based diet as well.
1: And it's so different than what we hear about the ketogenic diet. You don't ever think about – a lot of people are under the misconception that ketogenic diet – Doesn't, well, doesn't include vegetables in the diet. And what I've seen, like you said, the well intentioned consumer, a lot of what I've seen, especially for women, is it's really kind of created hormonal imbalance, even around cortisol levels, estrogen levels. And could you speak a little bit to that? How could a ketogenic diet, one, benefit women in terms of hormones, but also maybe what are some of the pitfalls that we should be mindful of when it comes to walking into or utilizing a ketogenic diet?
0: Yeah so one of the kind of pitfalls of the ketogenic diet that I find many people unintentionally go through is that they are avoiding plant foods which we need from a phytonutrient mineral standpoint we also need it from a fiber standpoint because that's prebiotic food for our microbiome so we need for hor- healthy hormone metabolism we need to have a healthy gut and the gut-brain axis, and, and that impacts the brain-hormonal axis. And that's why I created Ketotarian, is to have different levels of a plant-based ketogenic diet for people to utilize healthy plant foods to still be in ketosis or this anti inflammatory fat burning state. So there's a vegan ketogenic options, there's vegetarian ketogenic options and a pescatarian options, are like wild caught fish. So I call it vegetarian. So it's like this fusion of Uh, fish and plant foods. So whatever level that you want, you can kind of still get the benefits of ketogenic diet, because I really find, and to your point, I think that people are just focusing on tons of, you know, cheese and butter uh, and meat, which works for some people, I guess, for short term, but long term, as far as your microbiome is concerned, and your hormones are concerned, you're going to need a variety in your food. And I think plant foods Are a major facet to sustainable wellness, in addition to the healthy fats, Um, and to have both, and and in addition to the omega fats that I think wild caught fish can have for some people who choose to eat that as well, I think is an amazing component to wellness as well. So, yeah, I think that that's why I created the book is to avoid those pitfalls of the ketogenic diet. And I think that a lot of times people kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak, Well, they, they try the ketogenic, they don't feel good, but then they give up. Like with like anything, you just have to tweak it and personalize it. And I've seen over the years what works and what doesn't, what most people kind of fall prey to unintentionally. So I try to boil it down in the book.
1: I, I appreciate that because yeah I've seen so many different pitfalls there and when I heard about your book and we were talking about it a couple months ago I was so excited because I do recognize the benefits of being a all women want to be fat burners none of us want to be sugar burners and you know we grew up in a world especially in the 80s and 90s when you were drinking sprouted drinks you know we were you know a lot of us were really consuming a lot of sugar and let's be honest we are still consuming so much sugar majority of, of, of Americans I would say the majority of the world are sugar-burning fuel in the body. So now that we have a sense of what the ketogenic diet is and that you've had the opportunity to really build upon that with the ketotarian diet, can you talk a little bit about what the ketotarian diet does that the ketogenic diet doesn't? And I know you mentioned a little bit talking about the microbiome and making sure we get the good fiber, but why did you feel such a need to create a diet such as this?
0: Well, I, I think there's different levels to it. I think that, first of all, I think a healthy ketogenic diet is one way to do get really food freedom. And I think a lot of times people are at the whim of their cravings, at the whim of the next meal, and always having to think about refueling because they're in this sort of kindling state, metabolically speaking. So to really not to, to be in a fat burner and not have to think about the next meal, and you can just go hours and hours and hours with I'll even you're not even hungry because you're, you're, you are in this fat burning state, that's the metabolic freedom and the metabolic agility that one gets when they shift from being a sugar burger to, to a fat burner. So that's still, I mean, that's for anybody eating a real food ketogenic diet, that's going to going to be the case for them if they're doing it properly for their body. But I really feel like I wanted to bring the keto world and the plant-based world together because there's so many people that don't do well on tons of meat. Maybe there's different genetic markers or gene mutations that they don't do well on tons of saturated fats. They don't like eating a lot of meat, maybe it's a personal preference, and they don't do well on tons of dairy. And then there's many people that are in the plant-based world that aren't feeling well, but they're trying with good intentions, eating plant-based, but their health is crumbling beneath them. So to really give the plant-based community a home and a solution, they don't have to abandon their their plant-based principles. They can really do it in a way that's sustainable, not only for the earth, but for their health. But also, with the keto world of how to do it with real foods ways and kind of this alchemy of both worlds, I think is beautiful in this time that we live in today. That's so divisive to really say, okay, look, let's center around health and wellness and look at the positive and bring people together. It's really a bigger picture of why I made the book or wrote the book. And then The second level is just seeing what works for patients and what doesn't and really wanting to get that to people that will never be my patient, but they can read a book and make a positive impact in their life.
1: I love it. And what is really interesting, you know, when I heard this concept, I thought about these two very polarizing worlds, you know, you think about the ketogenic or more of a paleo world versus a plant-based world. And I was very much in the plant-based world for a long time and was vegetarian and vegan on and off for many years. And ultimately what happened is I started to not feel well. And you know, I really resonated with what you said is that I was just struggling. I've worked with a lot of patients too who've really been in the plant-based or been vegan or vegetarian for many years. And ultimately over time, they just started to not feel well. So this is really exciting to see the combination of the two. But have you had any you know we think about the two polarizing different types of food philosophies here have you had have you come up against any resistance or aversion to the concept of combining the two um
0: surprisingly not so much i mean i had to let me just be specific about it from the paleo world no i don't think so i i haven't heard anything negative i think they're a little bit skeptical at first cuz i do think that they have their guard up to the word plant-based. So I hope to bring that, tear that down and kind of say, okay, look, I mean, this is a a really great way because all the recipes in Ketotarian are paleo-friendly. And then I have a lot of AIP options in there as well, because many of my patients are autoimmune, so they don't do well in nightshades or nuts and seeds. So I modify it for them in the AIP world and then obviously the vegan and the vegetarian options as well i honestly had to say i probably get i got the most not blowback but the most i'm not willing to endorse the book in the plant based world because they kind of push so much on the high carbs that they it just doesn't work with their mission. Uh, they they think that you need high carbs and their whole sort of ethos is about all the healthy carbs and the high carbs that the idea of doing a lower carb vegetarian or vegan diet is doesn't suit with them very well. I think once they read the book and they really see the heart of it and how to do it actually properly – that they will see the fact that this is a sustainable way and actually ne- a necessity for many people in the plant-based world. But on on v- value, I can see, I have heard a few people with good hearts still be like, they just don't get it because they're still like, well, you have to have all these carbs. Well, yeah, in sugar burning mode, you do need all the carbs. But if you shift your body metabolically, you actually don't need it. You don't need the kindling when you have a log to burn.
1: And I appreciate that. And I can imagine, interesting, I wasn't sure where you were gonna get a little bit of the resistance and maybe I'm not surprised around that philosophy. And when it comes to the ketotarian diet, which I am so thrilled to get my hands on and to check out, how long on average does it take for, let's say the average... Patient of yours, the average woman of yours, to get into a ketogenic state where they're really beginning to reap the benefits of a ketogenic diet. I know a lot of people, again, as you mentioned, will try and try with what little information they have, kind of enough to be dangerous. It doesn't end up working the way that they thought it was going to work. Where is that sweet spot where we begin to see that transition and change?
0: Most people start burning ketones pretty quickly when they start eating a ketogenic diet. But what I explain in Ketotarian is that the metabolic switch and kind of being keto adapted, not just burning ketones and being fat adapted, I say to do it for 60 days. So what I say in the book is that put the time in to give your body the chance to shift from being a sugar burner to a fat burner. So give yourself an eight week Ketotarian experience for your metabolism you'll decrease inflammation you'll feed your gut you'll become you know sharper uh, mentally and have more energy and then at the end of eight weeks you can say okay where do i go from here a lot of people are going to feel fantastic they don't want to stop that and many people with insulin resistance or metabolic syndrome or they have inflammatory issues that are persistent they'll do better in that long-term plant-based ketogenic state for a long long time or a lot longer than 8 weeks because these things can take months and months and months to really really heal but they'll feel so good they don't want to stop. And then there's some people that are like, "Look, I feel good, I decreased my inflammation, but you know, I want to see about uh, increasing my carb cell. And I give specific tools that I've used for patients over the years to moderate their carbs and find your carb sweet spot and kind of moderate your carbs then you're not eating through the roof carbs but you can either be in the lower carb or the moderate carb and some people do find with even higher real food carbohydrates and by that i mean mainly sweet potatoes yams fruits and even like white rice can be decent for many people so it's more, sort of finding your own personal ketotarian formula there and And then some people want to kind of do what I call, what's known as cyclic ketogenic protocol, where five days they are in ketosis, and then two days they're moderating their carbs. Or some people center their higher carbs around a workout, or if they're doing a big run or something like that, even though it's not necessary. And if you're in a pure fat burning state, you don't need sugar to to get energy, you're in a high burning state. But some women do better with cycling carbs in there. So I say in the book, if you have, if you're stuck at a weight loss plateau for more than a month, try cycling your carbs in for a little bit higher, eating real food carbohydrates, and that can kind of shift the body up and kind of push you past that plateau. And then you can go right into that metabolic state because over that eight week keto and challenge, you've created that metabolic flexibility. So you can kind of go in and out of ketosis with, with effortlessness and grace and lightness. And I think that's what the what people will create during this eight-week plant-based ketogenic challenge. And then some people do seasonal ketotarian. So during the summer months, they'll eat more fruits and enjoy that real food. And then during the winter, they're going to be in more ketosis, more times of that because they're not having those fresh seasonal fruits. And that would have mimicked what our ancestors would have done for, you know, eons. So I think that, it's finding your own formula within that. And that's why I really wanted to also fuse into the ketotarian worldview it is a grace-based way of eating. It's not to fear food. It's really loving your body enough to nourish it with good food medicine. And that permeates the whole experience in the book is that, wow, this isn't to, to become obsessive with food. This is about really wanting to feel great and wanting great energy and finding out what your body loves and what your body hates. So it's all of that stuff into one. So I'm I'm really excited for people to see it.
1: Yes, and I I love that there's so much flexibility and that concept of grace. Now as someone last one of the last questions I want to ask, when someone does decide to do this this program and, and the ketotarian diet, they get into ketosis, you know, within within a couple of days or within a week. Some of the improvements they're looking for, I would would think that most people are looking for more clarity, more energy, and then clearly a big reason why a lot of people are doing the ketogenic diet is for weight loss. And so would you say that this diet is good if women are struggling with weight resistance? Because that's so often the patients and the women that I'm connecting with is they are doing everything in their power to lose weight and they just can't seem to let it go
0: absolutely weight loss resistance so can be varying forms of insulin resistance that's 50% of the United States has insulin resistance. So that's a lot of people. And that's one of the main causes of weight loss resistance is insulin resistance. And then associated with that is leptin resistance, which is another weight loss resistance hormonal pattern. So the brain isn't getting the message from the fat cell. So driving inflammation levels down, increasing what's called autophagy or cellular repair, that's what a ketogenic diet will do. Uh, It drives inflammation down, it increases insulin sensitivity and leptin sensitivity sensitivity and increasing the cellular receptor site to pick up the hormones more sharply. So absolutely, it's one of the main key clinical applications that a ketogenic diet has in the medical literature and in a practical level, what I see for patients all the time.
1: And then with the eight-week program, how challenging is it to follow this program while traveling? If someone is on the road a lot, they're working a lot from the road, What are, are there any recommendations or any, any advice inside of the book in terms of what people can do when they're traveling?
0: Yeah. So about half the book is recipes and many of them are very simple with like pretty pictures and things like this so and i have a whole chapter that is called practical ketotarian all my patients are working class normal people i'm a dad i understand you know life on the go i wanted to make this realistic and practical for everyday people so we have tons of food swap ideas tons of snack on the go ideas tons of things that make it practical and it's so easy, but it's just about educating and informing people on how to do it. And um, yeah, so there's tons of resources in the book. So you don't have to be, you know, Martha Stewart to be to be a ketotarian.
1: Okay, good. Great. Well, I have one more question for you. This is a personal question i love to ask. With all of the research that you have in functional medicine and being a dad to a wonderful family, with probably really having to be consistent with your time and how you take care of you, what is the one daily habit or natural solutions that you are doing each day that really moves the needle for your well-being?
0: I would kind of go back to my center of where I operate the best at. And I think my patience is that all of the good, healthy stuff that we do in our life has to come from a place of grace, has to come from a place of really valuing who you were created to be. And I know this is maybe sort of more <laughs> esoteric than maybe the, 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 than people are going to want. It's not as practical, but it's so foundational and centric, is that you cannot heal a body you hate. The analogy that I use in the book, actually, is if you realize you're a Tesla instead of an old, like, beat-up used car, how are you going to treat yourself? How are you going to fuel yourself up? Where are you going to park? How are you going to drive yourself? All of these things is that you are valuing yourself as a Tesla, not a as the old jalopy car. That is a major framework, is that you can get your macronutrients perfect, you could eat the best foods under the sun, but if you're not really valuing who you are, really how much, how far are you gonna really get? The foundation has to be self-worth and really loving your body enough to nourish it with good things. So I think that, for myself, that's really what I try to focus myself at is like, wow, I really value the things I've been given. I value the body that I have. And I believe that I need to be a good steward to that and respect it and take care of this. And out of that flows healthy actions. If I realize I'm a Tesla, I'm going to take care of myself like a Tesla and not like old junker car. Out of that awareness flows healthy actions.
1: So I love it. So a big part for you, and I'm sure this you is still in your patience as well, is having the self-care mindset and also self-compassion
0: yeah perfectly said self-care is a form of self-respect and i think that that out of that will flow all the cool healthy stuff that you talk about on your show and that we're trying to get across to the everyday
1: person and i just wanted you to take a moment to tell us where we can find the book where would you like us to go to pick up this book
0: well, it's on it's on Amazon, it's on BarnesandNoble dot com, all that good stuff. It's it's on presale. It'll be out August twenty eighth, but I'm super excited for you all to read it.
1: Absolutely, and I do have the link for the presale for the book on Amazon, so I will be sharing that link. In the show notes, please take the time and go and check out the book. And then, Dr. Cole, where can we find you? Where is the best place to connect with you? I know that I personally love to follow you on Instagram, but where else should we go?
0: Yeah, so Instagram is, I'm at Dr. Will Cole, says so Dr w i l l c o l e and that's my handle for twitter as well and facebook so everything's at drwillcole.com too so it's super simple it's just my name with dr in front of it
1: <laughs> love it that's super easy <laughs> okay well thank you so much for coming on and thank you so much for sharing what i consider to be a very revolutionary way of thinking about our bodies and thinking about how we can fuel our bodies i can't wait to take a look at the book and i know this audience is going to love it too
0: Thanks so much for having
1: me. Absolutely. Have a good day. So what do you think? Does the Ketotarian Diet sound more aligned with your way of eating? Are you as excited as I am about Dr. Cole's new book, The Ketotarian Diet? Because honestly, he had me at the book cover. Did you know the book cover has an avocado right smack in the center? And a little bit about me is I not only love a plant-focused diet, but I also love avocado. Now I am so excited to begin to integrate some of these incredible recipes with a plant-based focus for my hormone health. And I hope that you are ready to support your hormone health as well. So currently, the book is available for pre-sales. Not 100% available just yet, but you can get it for pre-sale. So you can just grab the link in my profile and head on over to Amazon to get the book. I know you're going to love it as much as I do. Well, thank you so much for stopping by and listening in on the Essentially You podcast. Our next episode is all about Hormones and Essential Oils. Ooh, I am so excited. I've been waiting for this episode for so long. As you know, this is the topic of my next book, and I am breaking down the cold, hard truth about essential oils and hormone balance. You are not going to want to miss this hot topic. Now, as I mentioned earlier on the show, my goal is to spread the word about the Essential You podcast, and the best way to get that word out is literally through you. I would love to hear from you about what you want more of on the podcast. So please take a moment, reach out on Instagram, share what you loved about the episode in an Insta story, or you can simply rate and review the podcast on iTunes. That way I can continue to serve not only you, but other amazing friends, family, and other women who are truly ready to become the CEO of their health. Well, I can't wait to connect with you on this next incredible episode. Until then, have an incredible day.